Welcome to the From the Ground Up podcast. I am your host, Sensei. If you like this podcast, make sure to stream it on Spotify, iTunes, and Zippy Stream. Thank you for all your support. Now let's start the show. Okay, I'm insane. Built it from the ground up, chopping bricks. I'm with the Sensei. Whipping in the kitchen, broke my hand. I'm having wrist pain. Two fools in my cup, I feel like Kobe with the wrist pain. Nigga try to ride me, fuck around and got his shit changed. I'm on some other shit. I'm on that gang gang. Never leave my brother shit. I'm talking big body, pull up in that mothership. Niggas talking crazy, fuck around and get his mother hit. Hey, Sensei. Welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast, the world's greatest podcast, the one stop shop for all your basketball news. I am your host, Sensei, once again. Thank you guys for tuning in, and this is episode two. Um, let's, without further ado, let's jump right in. Um, before we jump right in, actually, let's rewind just for a quick second i want to let you guys know that the podcast will be available on spotify itunes and zippy stream as well as google podcast as well as just that's the new platform that we have been added to is google podcast also in as well so make sure if you tune into google podcast or if you tune into itunes podcast or spotify or zippy stream which i'm still trying to get the zippy stream link together which um i really want to hone in on the zippy stream link because that link it allows me to communicate with the people that are actually watching and see who's actually watching the show and um, who's, you know, pressing stream so I can, like, communicate back and forth. I can leave comments, and you guys can leave comments personally to me. If you guys have any questions or anything you want me to talk about on the show, I'm able to communicate that as well. Um, so once I get that together, I'll be posting that so that that'll be available for you guys. But for right now, just look for me on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts. But now that we got that got that out of the way, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into these po- these um particular topic topics here. Sorry. Um. So one of the first topics that I actually want to talk about is I saw somebody posted this on Twitter and I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to talk about it. And basically, the question that they proposed was, "What's more valuable, KD's two rings or Giannis's one ring?" Um, as you all, as you all know, if you're a basketball fan, if you're not, I'll give you a brief little update here. KD won two rings with the Golden State Warriors. Giannis recently won a ring last year with the Milwaukee Bucks. And basically we're talking about the significance is KD's two rings more significant than Giannis's one. I feel like Giannis's one is more significant for the simple fact of the path that he had to take to get that one ring. Um, KD going to the Warriors was a short shot for him to get a championship. He knew that. The rest of the world knew that. That's why he got so much hate for it. That's why everybody fake, quote-unquote, hated the Warriors is because they knew adding him to a nucleus with Stephen Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green as that team was currently constructed, which they were already a championship team without KD. But adding KD, I mean, like I said, KD is a walking – well, I've always said this about KD. He's a walking 30 points whether he's – fully engaged or not like he can drop 30 in his sleep so it was it was really unfair for anybody that was going against the Warriors at that particular time once they added KD so I that's why I feel like Giannis was more significant for the simple fact that he had to go through a lot more and he had to really earn it a lot more than KD because KD as much as people try to say it's not easy to win a championship which I do believe but with with that Warriors team I believe it was a cakewalk like they were they were the closest thing that we got to the early 2000 Lakers which the early 2000 Lakers were damn near untouchable 
um, you know, saying that was the only other team that could compare to the early '90s Bulls, which again was damn near untouchable as well. Even though they had, I feel like they had stuff for competition, but um, yeah, KD and the Warriors was a short shot. So definitely Giannis's ring, one ring, is definitely more significant than KD's too. Which that doesn't take away from KD winning two rings, because at the end of the day, KD is a two-time champion. Regardless of what anybody says or how he got it. It doesn't matter. Like, when you look at KD, you look at two-time championship, two-time champion and two-times finals MVP, and he beat LeBron. Granted, the it, this, the I, the, uh, the deck wasn't stacked evenly, I I personally believe, but, again, he's still a two-time champion, so, two-time champion, so it doesn't matter. Um, So I wanted – I got that out the way. I wanted to also talk about Um, – I saw something on actually Undisputed also in as well about – um. An article about Kawhi Leonard, um, Kyle Lowry came out and said that Kawhi was difficult to play with, being that he was a superstar that demanded the ball and, you know, wanted things his way. And he was pretty much, basically, he pretty much said he was difficult in, in so many words. And people were, like, shocked by that. I want this mystique around Kawhi for the simple fact that he's quiet to go away. Because quiet doesn't mean that you are less, you're not less difficult because you're quiet. Basically like I'm quiet (laughs) at at, at certain, you know, instances in my life, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of thoughts that go through my head or that I don't have difficult ways. And I feel like Kawhi is the same way. Kawhi is quiet, but he still demands certain things that most superstars who are loud demand as well. So him being quiet doesn't exempt him from being like the diva like superstar that everybody wants to reference LeBron or or KD or um or Russ or you know what I'm saying just who Steph like anybody you know what I'm saying anybody who they they claim can be diva like like just because Kawhi is quiet doesn't mean that he doesn't have those same traits he's just more quiet about those traits like you know what I'm saying a, a snake a snake doesn't make a whole lot of noise either you know what I'm saying you got to really be in tune to to kind of hear a snake coming but it's still it's still a snake nonetheless like it's still deadly so Kawhi's the same way like he's he's still even though he's quiet he's still deadly he still can you know make noise and make things happen and and any team that he goes to that he plays for it has to be his way or no way like he played he complained his way out of San Antonio he was a one-stop shop in Toronto I don't know if they believed that or if he was all the way honest with them about that, but I think any true basketball fan kind of saw that he wasn't going to stay in Toronto for the long run. Um, but, I mean, him him being quiet doesn't exempt him from being uh, having superstar requirements or being that he can be quote-unquote difficult. So I, I wasn't really surprised about hearing the report from Kyle Lowry. I was actually relieved and honestly as a basketball fan to – that he was actually honest and was like, you know what? It wasn't the easiest thing in the world to play with him. Like he granted, he got us a championship and he was the finals MVP and a lot of things went their way in order for him to get that championship. Let's keep it all the way a thousand. Cause if Kevin Durant is healthy, they lose. Even if they lose Clay Thompson in the process, because they also lost Clay Thompson. But if they have Katie and Stephen Curry and Draymond, they win that championship point blank period. So let's, let's call a spade a spade. But, I, you know, I, I never doubted for a second that Kawhi was difficult to play with. Kawhi has a lot of demands for somebody that was an afterthought in San Antonio. And all of a sudden, because he held LeBron to 28, I think 28-10 and like four. And he got finals MVP when Dwayne Wade's knees was literally literally made of tissue paper at that particular point. And Chris Bosh was 
I don't even know where Chris Bosh was at that at that particular point, but he was at the same Chris Bosh the, the couple of years before. He he got Finals MVP off off of that alone. So it's like let's like let's let's like let's really put it in perspective here. You know what I'm saying? So I I'm not I wasn't surprised to hear that to hear that he was difficult. I was actually happy to for that Kyle Lowry was honest and was like, you know what? Actually, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to play with this guy. Even though you guys say he's quiet and he's the humble superstar that doesn't say anything and he doesn't celebrate after you know making points or or doing whatever the case like. He he still wasn't the easiest in the world, and Kyle Lowry is a dog too. Like that's not that's gotta get confused. Like if he was a scrub and he was saying this, then I'd be like, "Yo, just shut up and be happy with your ring." But Kyle Lowry ain't no scrub, and he was definitely the leader. And as we've seen in Kawhi's history, Kawhi plays better and is better when he's not the un- when he's not the unquestionable leader. Like when he's not the person that people count on to lead the team. That's when he that's when he plays better, and that's when you really see his greatness to me in my personal opinion because when the pressure is on and you are ex- you expect him to be a LeBron, a, a Kobe, a Jordan, he does not perform well in those particular moments. It's it's proven. I'm sorry it is. So, you know, that it just it just kind of is what it is with as far as with Kawhi. Um I saw something I saw something too today. Um, I think a Belisha report actually brought this up. Um and it was a Derrick Rose versus Dame Lillard conversation, which I found interesting because the thing with Derrick Rose is that if you know basketball and you watch Derrick Rose from his very beginning, is that we were we were robbed as basketball fans of Derrick Rose in his completion. Like we never got to see Derrick Rose fully develop due to injury, and, and which is an, an unfortunate part of the NBA is that certain players don't we don't get to see their full potential. Um, because of injuries, like he's on the list of like a a Brandon Roy and even like a um, Grant Hill, um, even Penny Hardaway, like people like those, like they never really got to, we never got to see their full potential because of injury. And so people were comparing like Derrick Rose's prime to like what Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard is now. I would say, and who like basically who was better. I would say Derrick Rose was more athletic than Dame. He was more explosive than Dame. Um, but I would trust Dame more in the clutch than I would a Derrick Rose. I would, I would want the ball in Dame Lillard's hand more than I would in D Rose's hand. In those clutch moments where it's decision making, where you have to put the player, put the ball in the best player's hand to make a, to make the decision to win the game, I would trust Dame Lillard more than I would trust Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was explosive. He was exciting. I mean, he could he could hoop. Like, he was a hooper. Derrick Rose is a hooper's hooper. Like, I, I take nothing from Derrick Rose. And as a LeBron fan, I, I saw plenty of Derrick Rose because well, LeBron was in the East Coast for the majority of his career. So, he had to play Derrick Rose a, a lot. And Derrick always came to play, especially against LeBron James. So, trust me, I've seen enough of Derrick Rose at his peak before he started to decline due to injury. So, I, I know. But he, I would say, like I said, he had, he definitely had, he's definitely more explosive than Dame. Um, definitely more exciting to watch because Dame, Dame is can get kind of inconsistent at times. But what I'll say is that Dame is better at playing defense. Dame is also more consistent in the clutch, and Dame is a better decision maker than Derrick Rose, um, in my personal opinion. 
But that was a really, I was honestly a really good debate, and I was um, really intrigued by that when I saw it. Um, so what else I want to actually address as well is that recently Rasheed Wallace said that Kevin Durant and LeBron James can play in the era that he came up in. And what I would have to say to that is this. I want for the OGs of that of the era before the social media era, I'll say, to stop this notion that the players now that can't play in the play couldn't play in their era because the thing of it is is that the game the way the game is officiated now opposed to the way it was officiated then it's two completely different games. If the game was officiated the same way, we wouldn't be having these conversations. And what you have to realize is that LeBron came into the league where the game was officiated the way that Rasheed Wallace was accustomed to. It only switched once the Malice in the Palace happened and Derek Stern, David Stern said, you know what, I don't I don't want the NBA to be muddied up like this. I don't want it to be too physical to the point where people feel like they have to fight to express themselves. So what I'm going to do is implement rules and regulations to make sure that that doesn't happen. So now the game is more offensive than is defensive. It's it's kind of hard to play defense in the NBA now because everything is called a, everything is called a foul because people want to see offense. They don't really want to see grind and grit. Like it's not the bad boy Pistons or even the early two thousands Pistons with Rasheed Wallace and Rip Hamilton and Tayshawn Prince. Like it's not it's not that kind of league anymore. But to say that a a six eight two sixty LeBron James couldn't survive in that era is is utterly ridiculous. Even Kevin Durant, there's not a single person that can stop Kevin Durant from scoring the basketball. If Kevin Durant wants to score and decides in his mind, I'm going to shoot this jumper and I'm going to make it, there's not a lot of people that can stop him from doing that. That man is a seven foot with a seven foot wingspan. There's not a there's not a player in Rasheed Wallace's era that was going to be able to block Kevin Durant from scoring at in at any capacity. He can get to the rim. He can shoot from anywhere. The same thing with LeBron James. LeBron James is a freight train. And he also implemented a jump shot that it's not the greatest in the world, but it's something that he can count on. So to to even utter the fact that they can survive in that era, that era is utterly ridiculous. There wasn't a lot of lockdown defenders in that area that in that era that could have stopped a, a player like LeBron James or Kevin Durant. Now maybe some of these other players that are are new in the league now, sure. But those those two other early players that are considered at least top five and most true NBA heads, minds, as far as NBA players all around, they could play in any era. It doesn't matter the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Like, they were going to fit in any era. There's not a single what, – like, what player in, in Rasheed Wallace's era was going to stop a 6'8", 260 LeBron James on the post? Or or just coming off a fast break. Like are we are we serious? Do we do we do for do we forget that fast that a twenty two year old LeBron James stopped them from going back to the Eastern Conference Finals by scoring forty eight points the last twenty two in the last what fourth quarter and overtime? Like did we forget that that fast? Like do we need to remind people that quick of of what exactly happened that they that he was the single person that stopped the Detroit Pistons reign? Like are are we serious right now? Like I'm I'm so tired of like the the OGs are just just hating on on like the newer players that say oh they couldn't survive in our air. like come on man like be serious the athletes that we see right now are compared to the athletes that were then like stop it please cut it out all the OGs need to to take a step to take a page out of Allen Iverson's book because Allen Iverson is the one OG that just is like is honest it's like you know what I can't hang with these young dudes nowadays like I did what I did but the Kyrie's and the Stephs like they surpassed me. 
why can't y'all all be Allen Iverson? Like, cut it out. Stop. I understand being competitive. I'm competitive. But at some point, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I did what I did and be secure in your own career and say, you know what? These young dudes, they got it. Everybody has their time. It ain't, it, like, it just, it just is what it is. It's going to be a point where people going to look at LeBron James and be like, he, he probably couldn't survive in this era. But... It just, I mean, it just is what it is. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Rasheed Wallace is a great player in his own right, but he wasn't one of the goats of this shit. So, it's like, you shouldn't be, like, you shouldn't be the one talking about who can and can't survive in the air. Like, you you got off on the simple fact that you were tall and you could shoot threes and you played defense and you were you brought energy. You survived off that alone. LeBron survives off of basketball like come on like like that's like like that's not do this like I'm not I'm I don't even want LeBron stand all the way out because I you know you know me if you know me and you know I'll, I'll go there and I'm not I'm not gonna do that but let's let's keep it a thou while like come on man don't don't get to don't get to talking silly so I I just found that to honestly I found that to be funny really anything I guess that's why I brought it up in this particular pocket in this particular episode because I'm like yo like Rashid, you I, come on, man. Out of all people, like, please cut it out. Last but not least, I need somebody to call Paul Pierce, tap Paul Pierce on the shoulder, sit Paul Pierce down, and say, "Hey, man, look. Again, like another Rashid Wallace, you were great in your own right. You did what you did. You etched your, you etched your name in history. You etched your name in stone. Like, Paul Pierce is a Hall of Famer." Let's, let's not get it confused. The truth is the truth for a reason. But again, this just hating on a young generation and just saying just foolishness. So the reason why I'm bringing Paul Pierce up in this in this particular episode is that he recently spoke about spoke out about his time at ESPN. Basically said that he wasn't happy and he wasn't feeling his time at ESPN because you had to talk about LeBron a lot. Fair. I can understand how that would be annoying, especially being a guy that's had to compete against this guy. And you got to talk about him constantly. And you've had to probably talk about him constantly your whole career. I understand that. But what he has to understand is you're working for a billion-dollar industry where their their objective is to talk about who is the most popular person at the particular time. Unfortunately for you, Sir Paul Pierce, LeBron James is that guy. Like he's until he retires. And even once he retires after that, like he's going to be the topic of conversation because he's in that category of being at least top three players of all time It's Kobe, Jordan, Braun. No matter how you, how you got him in the top three, it's those are the top three guys all time. As far as this, this, this NBA basketball thing goes. So you're going to have to talk about him. You knew that before you signed up for the job. So if that was going to bother you, then you shouldn't have signed up for the job, sir. Like at some point you got to be accountable. You have to be accountable for your own self. Like you can't be mad at ESPN because they doing what ESPN does. They like LeBron James is the first major social media athlete that we've, that we've had in the NBA. I would say like, he's the, he's the first guy that was like really like, honed in on that so oh, the whole social media area where era where i mean 
his every move was discussed. Like Jordan, Jordan was Jordan, but he didn't have the Twitters and the Instagrams and, and the access. We didn't have the same access to Jordan that we have to Bron. Basically, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So it's it's a it's a bit of a difference. Even with Kobe, like Kobe even came in at the time where social media wasn't, where the media wasn't driven by social media. So he was able. Like we didn't have the same access to Kobe the way that we had to. LeBron James so it's like it's it's a completely other two different worlds like you had to know going into signing up to be an employee for ESPN that you were going to discuss LeBron James at a frequent rate like LeBron James is the topic of discussion unfortunately whether he's doing good or bad like he just it just is what it is so you can't hinge that on like well I didn't like my time at ESPN because I had to talk like you knew you were gonna have to talk about LeBron you've been talking about LeBron since he came into the league like what are we like again what are we discussing this is like delusional on, on your part a little bit because it's like did you think that you were gonna get an ESPN job and you were never gonna have to discuss LeBron James like are you serious and y'all had battles like him and Brian had battles. When they were in Cleveland, they went at it. When he was in Miami, they went at it. Like, so, did you think people weren't going to bring that up? Like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of confused as to, as to why that that's the reason why you, quote-unquote, didn't like your time at ESPN. If that was the case, you should have never signed, you should have never signed up to have a job at ESPN. Me, myself, personally. Because if I don't like somebody, I'm, I'm not going to sign up for a job where I know I'm going to have to talk about the person that I don't like. It doesn't make any sense. That's, I mean, but that's, again, that's just me personally. Maybe everybody doesn't think that way, but I just think it's kind of silly to to take a job knowing that you're going to have to talk about an individual that you may or may not particularly care for. And then when it goes left after you get caught doing some dumb shit, you want to also, you want to be like, well, I had to talk about, you know, this person all the time. So I didn't like, come on, man. Like you, you a grown ass man, bro. You that can't that can't be the reason as as to why you didn't like your time at ESPN. There had to be more to it, because ESPN is not at least at this particular point. They they have a lot of issues there. So there's a lot of things that you could have picked from to say. You know what? I didn't like my time at any at ESPN because of the diversity or because how they treated you know black people opposed to white. Like I'll 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 probably dive into that a little bit more. Um, honestly, in the next episode, because there's a lot of issues at ESPN. So I understand him not liking his time at ESPN, but hinging that on the fact that you had to talk about LeBron a lot is is a cop out, bro. That's some sucker shit. I'm sorry, I can't respect that. Even as a LeBron fan, and like I said, I'm a I'm a LeBron fan, true and true, die hard all the way. But I'm an honest one at the same time. But this particular situation for you to said that the reason why you didn't work at ESPN is because you had to talk about LeBron James is some bullshit. I'm sorry, I I can't respect that. I can't. So somebody need to tap these OGs on the shoulder. Maybe like Alan Iverson needed to hinge like a, a meeting with all of them. He maybe he needed to bring some of his weed that he got that he's invested in now, and they all just roll up and they just talk about it and, and kumbaya and you know sing a kuna matata. I don't know what they need to do, but it, it, it there needs to be a point where these OGs have to be honest with themselves. And they got to stop trying to hate on these young dudes and let these young dudes just shine and get their shine on. And not try to, I don't know, like, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a weird energy when it comes to a lot of, a lot of the OGs in the NBA. And I, I really hate that because it's like, they always said the NBA is supposed to be a brotherhood, but it it never really feels like that with, with majority of them. But I feel like a lot of them don't feel secure in their careers too. So that, that may be a part of it as well. But again, that's not, that, that's not, that has nothing to do with, 
with the younger guys in the league or the league, the guys that are current right now. So you you can't it's it's kind of unfair to them to kind of put that off on them, but that's that's just that like I said that's just me personally. That's how I feel. But like I said, I, I'll dive in a little bit more as, as far as like what ESPN's issues really are, and it ain't just the fact that they discuss LeBron James a lot. Like if 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 anything, I would. I would respect it more if he was like if he worked for Fox and he was on undisputed and he was like well we always gotta talk about LeBron because Und- undisputed is the success of Und- undisputed is centered around LeBron James like Skip Bayless and and Shannon Sharp find a way to incorporate LeBron James into literally every single episode every single one even Le- LeBron could blink three times in a row and that's gonna be a topic on undisputed like it's it's utterly insane how they are able to incorporate LeBron into Every single episode, even when he's not doing anything newsworthy, like somehow, some way, LeBron James is just no matter who he's with, what he's doing, he's he's finding a way to be like if he was, if he was like I said, if he was on Undisputed, on the other side of Skip, he was like, well, we gotta talk about LeBron. I would totally understand, but ESPN, I can at least give him the fact that they they kind of stretch it out a little bit. Like you don't talk about him every single waking moment of of the day. You gotta fit him in at, at every episode. Undisputed, they gonna discuss some LeBron James. Skip doesn't have a career without LeBron James. Let's keep it all the way a hundred. So, I mean, like I said, it, it's it's honestly, it's mind blowing to me. But that's just me personally. Um, that's all the the topics that I really have for this particular episode. Um, next week's episode, I'm going to dive into, like I said, a little bit more about like the ESPN and their diversity issues and things of that nature. Um, so I will definitely be talking about that a little bit more in depth. Um, also got a, some really special stuff coming for the next episode. Finally got some stuff finalized. So that's really exciting, but make sure that, that y'all stream, support, share, like post, all that stuff for the, um, particular podcast. Again, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and Zippy Stream, and Google Podcasts. And I got some stuff coming for YouTube also and as well. And some news for the merchandise that you guys have been asking for. So please just be on the lookout for every single thing because, trust me, it's all coming. Thank y'all once again for supporting From the Ground Up. And this is the episode two. Appreciate y'all so much. Much love and we out this thing.